Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. To ensure business results are achieved and customer needs are met. And, you know, so it kind of comes down to the business side of things. But ultimately, you know, our purpose is that we have to align and connect human capital with a business strategy and with operational plans. And so that means everything from our talent acquisition to talent management strategies, workforce planning, comp design, benefit plans. These all have to be aligned and connected with what the business is doing and what the operations are doing. Because, you know, honestly, from what I'm seeing is CEOs are expecting a lot more from HR than what they have in the past. They're looking for more of a broad gauge type of business folks and people that can add value in all parts of the organization. So it's, we're, we're, we're moving away from the, you know, the old HR, um, you know, we have our profession, John, we have, HR folks like to complain about that we don't have a seat at the table. Well, I can tell you what, uh, there's a seat front and center right now because of this COVID pandemic. You know, this is a time for HR to step up, to help companies kind of reshape their business model, to create a culture of agility and innovation. This, this is the time to do it. It's a, it's a great opportunity for the talent acquisition side of the house. So it'll be interesting to see how the HR community reacts to this opportunity that they've asked for for the last 20 years. Yeah, I hear, I hear that a lot. The, the proverbial seat at the table, and I agree with you, the opportunity is there for um, a leader in HR, even those, even those that may not necessarily have a leadership role in it, to, to step up, to stand out, to keep people safe, to create that, that long-term strategy. And again, you know, my, my main premise of the book is around connecting people to your business or organization and for HR professionals to do it as if they own the place themselves and uh, take on that kind of boss-like responsibility. It's not something that you have to be the CEO or CHRO to do. It's just doing it the best you can and, and, and being a business person that's so practiced, just so happens to practice HR. So, so from your perspective, uh, in your in your in your limited career in HR, I won't I won't, uh, I won't uh, share your tenure unless you want to, because I know I know there's a lot of great nuggets in your experience. What what have you enjoyed the most about working in human resources? You know what I've enjoyed the most is kind of interesting. I started my career as an accountant, uh, which was you know it was a great learning experience. Uh, that uh, working in accounting really allowed me to kind of understand how business works. And, and I think it helped shape my HR leadership and understanding how you can really add value in HR. But, you know, even though I had some success as an accountant, I wasn't very passionate about what I was doing. And, uh, you know, to me, the analogy I can give, I kind of felt like a scorekeeper at a sporting event. You know, I'd watch the game and I'd report on what happened. And, you know, the fact is, I wanted to be on the varsity team. I wanted to be playing the game, not watching it from the bench. And, you know, when I moved into HR, found my passion and, and, and what I enjoy about it is that, you know, you're involved in all aspects of the business from business strategy and planning, helping solve complex problems. Uh, you get to work with folks with all levels of the organization and all areas of the organization. And so, you know, the idea of to think I might've had an impact on 
potentially helping develop individuals both professionally and maybe personally is uh, what I've enjoyed the most about HR. Hmm. And what, what's been what's been that uh, description that you would say it defines success within what you do in human resources? How 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 do you think um, you know from your standpoint you you've measured your career or your impact on on the business? Well, you know what I think is uh, the first thing you have to look at is never lose sight of the primary purpose of HR, and that is driving business results. And so success in my eyes is you drive those results by connecting and engaging employees. And I know you've talked about connecting employees and we hear a ton about engagement, but you know what I have found, John, is that most people don't really even understand what engagement is all about. And particularly in the HR field, when you start talking to business leaders about employee engagement, they kind of, their eyes glass over, they think, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to send out another survey to our employees, we're going to ask them what they want, and and because they tend to think of engagement as the same thing as job satisfaction or job happiness, and that's, to me, that's not what it is. An employee can be satisfied in their job and still be disengaged. And so what I look at, when I, when I think of, of engagement, I think of it's the extent to which people are personally involved in the success of the business. And so this formulation kind of works because it captures both a performance aspect inherent to engagement and also the emotional component. So it's about engaging the heart and the mind. So success to me, is driving these business results by connecting the employees, engaging the employees. And again, because what will happen if we can get them engaged, they go that additional mile because they feel a strong emotional connection to the organization. And they want to succeed because, you know, they can identify with what's going on with the company's mission, purpose, and values. So from an HR perspective, if you really want success, at the end of the day, we have to help drive results. And we drive the results by putting in the right programs and things that are aligned with what the company is doing to where we can really connect that human capital and engage them with what's going on in the business. Yeah, perfectly well said. And I know um, you and I have a passion for golf and our skill levels at time can change good or bad, but we certainly um, enjoy doing it. And I think about like if, if, if I called you and said, hey, Mark, you want to go out and play some tennis or maybe a game that you and I were not as interested in, be like, uh, I'll get back to you in a, a week or three or four or never. Um, and a lot of employees are stuck in positions that maybe they don't feel they have strengths toward. And then on top of that, if you're, if you're in an organization that you don't necessarily believe the purpose or haven't found a personal connection to it, um, that combination can, can lead to disengagement quickly. And uh, playing to people's strengths and what they like to do and do well, the best that you possibly can, and then and then um, trying to find those that can complement them in areas that the business needs that maybe you don't have strength in, uh, so that you, your your business can be well rounded. It, it is it is yeah. Having engaged employees makes a profound difference, and when you don't, it's 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 a struggle. It really so, is. So how how do you from 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 your experience having worked with a variety of HR professionals throughout your career is there a particular characteristic or two that stands out 
uh, to those individuals that you thought were successful? You know, there, there is. Um, obviously, you know, John, they have to have the, what I call kind of the table stakes. They have to understand the HR disciplines. That serves as the foundation. But to me, that's kind of a given. If they've worked in HR, they should have an understanding. And um, as my former partner, my consulting business used to say, if he and I can learn this stuff, anybody can. So, um, so the, you know, the HR technical side of things is, is a learned skill and that, you know, you're going to get that with experience. So what I think, what I look for first and foremost is do they have a strong uh, business uh, acumen? Do they have that ability to apply a holistic understanding of organizational business model, the financial data, understand external trends, you know, to make decisions? Basically, do they know how the business operates? The other things I would look for and that the best HR folks I work with, you know, they have that unique ability to build relationships at all level of the organization. Uh, they can anticipate human capital problems and human capital needs. Uh, they are, have kind of an adaptive leadership style, which is really important now because we're gonna all have to adapt and change what we're doing. And then last, I would say a very high level of emotional intelligence. So, you know, outside of the standard HR skill set, you know, I always start with the business side because again, I think it's hard to connect and engage employees to the business if you don't have a good understanding of how it works. Yeah, yeah. To be successful in a business, it's best that you understand how a business works. I know we've we've made a concerted effort in the last few years to provide you know more and more financial data. I'm the sole owner of a privately held company, but sharing more and more of that insight, I think provides people with a concept of how it works when it's good and when it's bad and, and what drives good and bad results from a financial standpoint. So yeah, it's an inter interesting perspective. And, and I'll also kind of piggyback into that. Like, so one of the unique things about this journey for me, Mark, in, in, in writing this book is I started off by doing a presentation called HR Like a Boss. And the first time I did it, I found this slide that says, I hate HR, and it was easy to find on the web. And I thought to myself, well, dare, dare I ask 100 plus HR professionals, why was it so easy for me to find this? And why do people hate HR? And I thought they'd walk me out and boom, boom me off the stage. But uh, ironically, it was the exact opposite. We spent probably more time talking about that one question. And I had to, I had to corral the group to say, okay, guys, I need to keep on with the rest of this presentation because I have to in order for you all to get your credit. And uh, it was amazing how much they shared. So I'm curious of your perspective, having worked with you know, leadership and all, all walks of employees and, and obviously colleagues, why do you think some people hate HR? Well, you know, John, I'm sure you've heard a lot of the, you know, some of the reasons that people likely shared with you is that, you know, HR can be the policy makers and, and tend to put a lot of things into place that, you know, folks aren't really excited about. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. When I think about this is I think the reason people tend to really dislike HR or I don't want to know if dislike is the right word um, as much as don't value HR. And that is as a profession, HR has this tendency to mainly talk to itself. You know, we talk with other talent experts and other HR professionals, 
rather than involving you know, voices from outside of our area. So what ends up happening is we create all these great HR models and competency frameworks that kind of emerge from, I, I refer to it as the, the HR echo chamber. You know, we're only talking to ourselves and we kind of miss the perspective of ultimately the people who we're there to support. You know, your CEO, your boards, your business line leaders. And at the end of the day, I think what happened then, we create these programs out of this echo chamber and we end up having things that are, our, our human capital plan then is not aligned with what the business strategy and the plans are. So, you know, when I cut through everything and why people really dislike it, because it's like, oh, you guys are not helping me. I've got business problems. I, I have, I'm having issues getting my products out the door. I'm having issues with customers, whatever it might be. And this tendency for our profession to want to spend so much time you know together and talking about things sometimes we we leave out those voices for the folks that ultimately we need to support hmm. yeah perfectly said that's awesome so do you do you think um in in the individuals within hr that maybe struggled to do that was was there was there anything in particular that's that stood out to them as far as uh, were, were they they're not interested in business. Did they, did they not not have the knowledge base like you talked about? Was there anything in particular that caused them to to struggle with connecting to? Well, I need to help fix the business problem and, and there are people that are involved right. in this, right? Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of it was you know so much business as you know in running yours. You know, you're paying attention to you know certain metrics and your P and L and and cash flow. You just saw all the things that go in with you know with with running a business. And where I saw a lot of them where they really struggled is that they did not understand the financial aspects well enough to really, really understand what was going on. They didn't understand if it was a manufacturing company, you know, the operational side of things. So it kind of came back to that, you know, that business side, because in, in, in their mind, you know, I'm an HR person. I, I don't need there are people that run the business for a reason on the operations side, whatever it might be. I don't need to understand that. And the fact is, you know, if you're going to partner with these business line leaders, you know, partnership, you know, suggests that there's, there's a, you know, give and take, and there's this mutual understanding of, of each other. And so, you know, the ones that I've seen struggled have, um, have just not taken seriously enough that I really need to become an expert in the business and you know for me you know john honestly the you know you talked earlier about the career the best the best compliment that i have received in my entire career is you know i had a client uh, had had said to me that you know you're a an individual that really understands business it's kind of an expert on business who happens to know hr versus your HR expert that's trying to help a business. And to, and to me, that, that spoke volumes and it's like, okay, I kind of accomplished what I wanted when that client viewed me as an individual that could help them with their business versus as some HR guy. Yeah, huge yeah. premise of what we're trying to get across. And I think uh, it's, it's not an indictment uh, to all the other HR professionals out there. It's just an encouragement that like like you said, from a financial perspective, if a business is growing and it's burning off cash or, or make making a bunch of money, 
Uh, there's probably a great chance that there's more opportunity to, to expand to other regions or internationally, and that, that then brings more employees and more unique complexities for the HR function. On the flip side, if you have a company that's struggling, right, that's in the red, and every year over year there's a challenge, then that's, there's also a, a, a significant people component to that that maybe we can't have as many staff members or we have to cut out a particular line of our business and it has a direct correlation to human resources, right? I mean, in so many different ways. So your knowledge base and understanding of a P&L and how it all works is as much as it may not be, you got into HR because you like people and you're not in, HR, you're not in accounting because you hate numbers. I don't know if that necessarily is a great rationale because it, it, that drives the impact of HR, in my opinion, the financial capabilities. And you're right. This is not an indictment on HR, and, and it is just a, it's just a bit of an awareness that, you know, again, when we talk about that seat at the table, you know, if you're going to have a seat at the table, those others at the table understand that business, and and they expect you to be a little bit more broad-based, and to be able to really help and be involved in all aspects of things, just not talking about something that's going on in HR. So it's, you know, honestly, it's, it's a tremendous challenge because it's hard because understanding the HR side of all the disciplines is difficult enough. And now let's add in why well, I need to understand all the financials and the operations and the manufacturing and the distribution. So it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I'd say the main thing there, from my perspective, it's no, you don't need to be an expert in IT systems or supply chain. But you just have to understand the concept of it and the people that are doing it and have a kind of a keen business sense of like something feels like it's off or this is why it's being, this is being successful right now. So how do we, how do we perpetuate that? So so I know, Mark, you, you in your career, you've, you've interviewed a ton of people and we talked about like fit and kind of connecting from an engagement standpoint. I'm curious if you have like one particular question or two in your mind or a thing you honed in on an, on an interview that focused more on the fit within the business, not necessarily the technical skills of the job. Right. You know, well, the short answer is yes. Um, but with a caveat, you know, this is, this is a bit of a, it's always been a bit of a pet peeve of mine uh, with HR. You know, everyone asks for, hey, can you give me, I've, I've got to interview someone. Can you give me a list of questions, you know, kind of these canned inter interview questions I can use. You know, when I look at great interview questions and developing questions, to me, that's the very last part of the whole interview prep process. And so I focus more, John, if you want to find a person that's going to fit the right talent that's going to fit your organization that can do the job. The first thing it has to happen, you have to have a very clear understanding of what goes on in that job day to day, the manager style, the work environment. And by that is that, you know, I'm talking about creating a job profile to where I like to sit down with, with the business owner or a manager, if, you know, if I'm in an internal role, and really get an idea uh, for them to tell me about the types of situations that individual faces every day in this job. And then what you do from there is you kind of break down, okay, what competencies do they need to have, what skill sets, what behavior to handle those situations. And then, then we can build, you know, interview questions around that. We look at the manager style and all that. So, you know, it really depends on, to, in, in my view, is 
what that job profile tells us. And then the interview questions, quite honestly, I think become quite easy because we're asked questions then. I want to find out, has that candidate been in that situation in the past? I want to find out specifically what they did, and I want to understand what the outcome was. And so you think about asking a question or coming up with a question is really easy if you take the time to really have a great profile of what it is. I'm not talking about a job description. Job description is a bunch of duties. I'm talking about the type of things they're going to, you're going to face. And, you know, a great example, I had a, a client that um, was the owner of a local fast food restaurant here in the um, it's been around for years and a lot of folks would know, you know, they run burgers out to your car. And he called me one day and he said, Mark, I got a problem. He said, I'm hiring these unit managers, these line managers, and I'm hiring these great people and they're not working out and I don't get it. And he said, they're, they're fantastic. They interview great and whatever. So I said, well, tell me about what's going on. And he said, you know, I'm hiring these people. They're very charismatic. They're, they love to innovate. They're creative. They, they love coming up with new ideas. And I'm putting them in the job and they're just not doing very well. And I, and I don't get it because I think I'm interviewing and finding great folks. So I said, well, let's, let's talk a bit about the job. So we got into it. And what I found out, John, is that this, they had the most define an efficient process I've ever seen. And he made a comment to me. He said, you know, there's one way and one way only to make our food, deliver our food, how many pickles we put on the burger, how the food is placed in the bag, how it's placed on the tray, how we do this. I mean, they had it the most efficient, refined, defined process I've ever seen. And I said to him, I said, well, there's your problem. And he kind of looked at me like, well, what do you mean there's my problem? I said, well, you know, you told me you are hiring people that are creative, innovative. They love to come up with new ideas and you're putting them in a job that requires someone who's a rule follower, someone who's going to just follow the and adhere to the way of running your business. So here's a situation to where if you would have taken the time to really understand the situation and the environment that this person is going to be in, interview questions would have been really easy to come up with. So, so that's my take on interviews. So I am, um, you know, when someone asked me for an interview question, I said, I can't give you any interview questions until I understand what this job is. No, it's per perfect. I think that goes to show why it's such a difficult thing to do and, and why it's hard to find the exact right person at times because organizations don't go through all that uh, diligence and effort and energy and I, th I think you're I think you're spot on trying to better understand what the role is tell me about experiences you've had that are similar to that what were the outcomes of that what challenges did you face and see how they respond and react accordingly just hiring to like you said a list of duties on a job description all too often is is a trap that I think uh, hiring managers get into and all too often I think HR at times um, in certain circumstances kind of plays along with that game so but obviously you learned quite a bit throughout your career. So I'm curious, Mark, if you look back when you started it and you could give yourself advice back then or to a, a newer, newer person heading into HR, knowing what you know now, what, what would that be? You know, John, challenge the assumptions. Um, you know, almost everything we thought and we knew about managing and developing employees, when we look back on it, we were wrong. Um, 
you know, it was, you treat everyone the same, you do everything the same way, everyone learns the same way, you have to have this consistency in what you do. And um, so to really challenge that, as we learn now and understand now, you know, I, I might have 20 direct reports and I will treat and, and lead and communicate with those individuals all differently. So this idea of we're going to be consistent and you have to do everything the same way. That's what we were taught in management school and leadership and oh my God, we were so wrong. And, um, but you know, what's really fascinating to me, I look at so many companies still today, they continue to evaluate performance. They make hiring and promotion decisions using some of these flawed systems and models for performance, whatever that, we had in place 25 years ago. And so at times we haven't learned maybe as much as we should have, but I just wish I would have, um, because you know, like everyone, I kind of followed what everyone said, this is how you should do it. And, um, you know, I can give myself that advice now. I would, I would, I would challenge more of, and honestly, it didn't feel right to me then, but you know, I guess I didn't know any better and I didn't know, you know, to really challenge it and really understand that. So that, that's, that's the advice I'd give myself. That's great. That's great. Cause experience will give you that opportunity to, uh, to kind of challenge those assumptions. Cause maybe back then when you were told that you didn't, you didn't, you know, frankly know any better, have the experience and it was coming from somebody that was more seasoned and uh, maybe a little bit more gray hair or experience uh, in their background. So you assume that to be the case. So, um, certainly interesting. So, so Mark, I'll get you out of here on this last question. So um, with the premise of the book, being HR like a boss, how, how would you describe someone that would fit the characteristics that you could say um, that that's someone practicing HR like a boss? You know, obviously, John, some of the things we had talked about, on you know, the business side and understanding the financials and really being involved in the business operations. It's the other thing I would say is, you know, I, I've had a, a unique and a, I think a very fortunate opportunity to spend a decent amount of time with Simon Sinek. And we, we one, um, in a previous job, we engaged Simon to work with our advisors and to work with our team. And he spent a couple of days, two or three days with us. And I spent a ton of time with him and a fascinating guy. You know, he talks about how great leaders inspire everyone to take action by starting, you know, with the why. So when I look at HR, purpose is the why of the organization and culture is the how we get the work done. You know, what I've learned that in organizations that don't have a, a clear purpose, kind of lack that navigation to guide them uh, to, to having sustained business results. So, you know, an HR leader that can work with the business to kind of clarify and distill the purpose of the organization in, in kind of a broader social context and then connect that and align that with the vision and the business strategy and the culture that they can carry that out with. To me, you can make that happen. You're, you're, you're now, you're doing HR like a boss because you're going to bring it all together. And so, you know, to me, HR like a boss, that's, that's kind of how I would describe it. Yeah. Awesome. And I, and I can't do it to like Simon because I don't have the Australian accent, but, uh, uh, but fascinating guy. And it was just a, a tremendous opportunity to, to really understand more of the why we need to start with the why. 
Yeah, that, that's awesome. No, you, you did well. well. And another time we'll have you, uh, maybe with a, with a cold drink in your hand, we'll have you give, you give me your, uh, your your Australian accent. Not Let's not memorialize <laughs> that on camera because it might make a fool of both of us. But uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want me doing that. It's, uh, uh, that would not work out very well. Well, the purpose for today is a continuation of uh, on, on this journey of, of writing the book, Mark, and you mentioned about uh, Simon and some of the people that you interacted with. That, that's the thing that I've noticed the most in this experience is that there's, there's so many unique little things that you learn just by asking questions and, and inquiring and, 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 and asking for help, right? And, and getting those insights uh, are, are paramount, and that's how you learn. And I think sometimes maybe the more tenure that we get, the more you might think you know everything. And I've been smart enough to know, especially here, because I, I do practice HR, but it's not something I was I was brought up uh, from a from a business perspective to do. And uh, I, I, wa I want to get these unique and varied perspectives. And you you shared a lot of really unique, insightful pieces throughout. I, I loved your answer around the interviewing that it's, it's a tailored tailored answer uh, every single time. Uh, you you can do that in a way, and and I and I, again, as you know, I'm, I'm a big business person first. Just so happen to practice whatever your discipline is, and in this case, it's HR. So, you're a good man, Mark, and a great friend. Appreciate you taking the. Hey, nice talking with you. Thanks, Mark. Thank I'll see you, you, bud. Bye. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.